0: Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today we're going to talk about the new iPads that Apple launched both a regular iPad, iPad Pro, plus a new Apple TV 4K and macOS Ventura and iOS 16.1 is all coming out Monday, October 24th. This episode is brought to you by the Beard Club and Fast Growing Trees. And joining me to really get into all the iPad stuff is my friend, Wes Hilliard. How's it going, Wes? I'm doing pretty great, uh, Stephen. Thinking about magnets today. Thinking about magnets. <laughs> Yes, we are going to have to talk. Yeah, get all into it. Yeah, We're going to talk about all the magnets and all the Apple pencils. I'm going to get a MagSafe to USB-C to lightning adapter just to charge my Gen 2 Apple pencil uh, with the next
1: iPad. No, just kidding. Dongles all the way down.
0: We are not leaving Dongle City, USA anytime soon when it comes to new Apple products. So we'll get to that. A couple quick five-star shout outs: Touring from Italy He loves the chapters and chapter art we do for the show. Thanks, Turin. Alan Carver from USA and Scott Wellman from West Virginia, USA. Thank you guys for five-star ratings. So here's the deal. Apple had kind of a bunch of announcements. It felt like there was an Apple event this week, but there was none. There were three press releases in a row, all preceded by Tim Cook tweeting a, what, 15 to 20-second video where he said, take note. Didn't even say anything was coming. All he did was said, take note. A bunch of kind of like line drawings of stuff. Clearly Apple Pencil felt like it was iPad related. And then everyone was waiting with bated breath from when he tweeted that, which was like 8 a.m. Eastern time until the press releases, which came out around 11 a.m. So there was this like three hour just madness. Everyone is like press releases are going to happen at nine. And then nothing happened. And then it was like 10 and then finally 11 a.m. And we got press releases for a new Apple TV 4K, kind of two models. We'll talk about brand new iPad base model and new iPads Pro or iPad Pros, Attorneys General, however you're going to pluralize that. I don't know. What do you think about that whole like teasing thing? I felt like that was a little different for Tim Cook to literally tease a product with no event or like no context.
1: The NBA was really excited about Tim Cook's announcement because stole that hashtag from an MBA, NBA team. I don't know if you ever heard of them. The Utah Jazz, a yes, uh, yes. music-themed team, I'm assuming. And uh, yeah, they uh, <laughs> they have had take note as their uh, catch slogan hashtag whatever oh.
0: since uh,
1: years and years uh, apparently they briefly retired it brought it back in like 2019 so they've used it at, at the very least for the last three years wow. i guess uh, apple doesn't um pay much attention to the twitter sports region <laughs> what what makes this even more funny i i think is that that day was opening day for the NBA season. Oh. And that is that is also yeah, that is also the day that the hash flags for all of the hashtags for the NBA teams, what 30, whatever 50 teams, all go live on Twitter. They're, the hash flags are turned off in the off season. So on that day, take note was supposed to go back to the utah jazz and wow. they didn't even know it yeah <laughs> apparently the head guy whatever was just like yeah we we learned it when you did we saw that tweet and was like what's going on
0: <laughs> that's hilarious apple totally just took it over yeah yeah the utah jazz was just they were originally based in new orleans and jazz obviously very music centric the take note in their terminology would be a music note but that's hilarious. Yeah. The
1: the Apple product announcements was trending under sports for about an hour before it switched over to <laughs> technology.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it, it was an interesting tease. And then shortly after the press releases, we're gonna get into all of that. I do want to mention as you listen to this show, Monday, October 24th, Apple made it official that macOS Ventura, iPad OS 16.1, and iOS 16.1 will all be releasing on Monday. That will include things like the shared iCloud photo library, macOS Ventura with all the things like continuity camera and 16.1. I think live activities should be live this Monday as well. Is that official?
1: Yes. Live activities for third-party developers will be live. What, what's your most anticipated feature, Stephen? Because mine is the iCloud shared photo library.
0: I think so. I guess I've largely ignored photo album sharing because it's kind of been a pain And so I'll have to like change my mindset towards photos and how it works with family members, but I'm excited to try it out. I will say I downloaded, I don't know why I did this because macOS Ventura is coming out publicly for everyone on Monday, but I kind of got the itch to just put it on one of my laptops. So I put it on my MacBook Pro 14 inch. That's my only laptop. I don't know why I said one of them, but I put it on my 14 inch because the release candidate was out and release candidate. That's what RC stands for. And it doesn't mean that it's available publicly yet. It's the final step in the beta process before it goes public the release candidate and so i put that on my 14 inch macbook pro and i'm still playing around with it you know i opened system settings and i was like well that's weird and i got to do i got to play around more to get more thoughts on it but continuity camera is an incredible feature and it's it's built into iOS 16 so on your iphone it already has it you just need a mac running macOS ventura and then whenever you go to a place that where you would normally select your built-in camera for your MacBook or whatever, you can choose your iPhone camera and it is super fast, very low latency. It worked in QuickTime If you want to do a new movie recording there, it will work in video calling software. I used it on riverside.fm and it will automatically see the iPhone as a camera. I mean, it just was seamlessly working right out of the box. So amazing
1: it's it's smart none of the software needs to know about it it just uh it's a seen as a hardware camera from the system they don't care that it uh it's a continuity camera the macs taking care of all that it's a really neat feature
0: yeah it is awesome and i got the uh the belkin magsafe for notebook so this is the little stand where you'll be able to clip it to your macbook lid and then your phone can just connect via magsafe so no like actual clip that you have to mess with it just sticks right on this thing so I want to be testing that out, but it, it's an incredible feature. So I'm excited for
1: that. saw a user question about this uh, just to cover it. In context about like what was the best way to take advantage of continuity camera for me, I've been when I tried out the feature, I've been using a you know iPhone tripod and just kind of put it wherever I want. I mean, it's right. cool having it. Uh, if you're using a MacBook and you're looking at the display and that's where the FaceTime call is taking place, great. That's an awesome mount that puts the camera right where the webcam would be. Mm. But if you're using an external monitor or any other kind of situation, it's probably simpler to have a free moving thing. And the Belkin thing works that way too. It acts as a ring holder and a a stand for the phone as well. So that's cool. I would also recommend just trying a tripod, set it up behind your monitor, but there are dozens uh, of mountable magnetic attachments for iPhone that get, that can put it anywhere. So just look around. There's plenty.
0: It's very cool. So the first press release that came out was the Apple TV 4K. This, Mark Gurman mentioned that we would have one coming soon, but we actually kind of got two models. So the new Apple TV 4K, you can get it both in a Wi-Fi only model and then a more expensive Wi-Fi with Ethernet and thread built in for like $20 more. So overall, the price of Apple TV has actually dropped. Before, if you wanted to get a 4K Apple TV, like last year's new model, new Siri remote and all that, it was $180. Now you can get it for $129. The Wi-Fi only has an A15 Bionic. Nice to see them upgrading that chip so quickly. And that base storage has gone from 32 to 64 gigabytes. That's the Wi-Fi only model. Does not have thread. So if you're a HomeKit fan, we talk more about this on HomeKit Insider on Monday's episode, but there is no thread built into the cheaper Wi-Fi only Apple TV. If you have other HomePod minis and other thread border devices, like you don't need to worry about that. It still supports matter, but we get more into details on that. Yeah. The more expensive version, which is 149 it's only $20 more. $20 more, you get a new Apple TV, you get the ethernet port, you have thread built in, and you also get, and you get 128 gigabytes of storage for just that $20 more, which is amazing. Plus the other new features is HDR 10 plus, which is the Samsung's kind of HDR. They don't do Dolby vision. So they have HDR 10 plus. So now the new Apple TV supports that. And the Siri remote, interestingly, has traded lightning for a USB-C
1: port. The death knell tolls for lightning port. I think this is... Did you write that
0: headline? I saw the headline. Yeah, that was good.
1: So it, it, it's definitely a good sign. Um, It's odd that this is the first accessory. I was hoping it would be the AirPods, but yeah. again, all of these are being developed out of context from each other. So it makes sense that this would probably be the easiest place to swap it out, especially since people who are buying the Apple TV may not even technically be Apple customers, as weird as that may be. Yeah. It is funny that there is no no USB C charger in the box so if you buy this and you don't have any <laughs> cables you have to go buy a cable or you're not charging a remote at all that's interesting um, i thought that was odd but yeah this is this is fun there's no other changes to the remote i wish there was a u1 chip in there mm, yes. looking at looking at the overall um updates i don't think the the no thread radio and the cheaper models that big a deal i've seen a lot of people saying why 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 but um In a multi-Apple TV household, if you're going to be one of those people to get a couple of models... Well, you only really need the one uh, more expensive model with Thread. Yeah. Uh, you don't need every model in your home to be the Thread model, so that twenty dollars savings is nice. Um, you know, HDR ten plus, great. I I buy Sony TVs, um, so Dolby Vision, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I think the thing that stands out to me though is the yes um, A fifteen processor and one hundred and twenty gigs of storage, uh, one hundred twenty eight gigs. Right. Those both tell me that Apple is at least acknowledging that people are filling up these TVs, um, I fill up a 64 gigabyte Apple TV easy because I'm actually downloading Apple Arcade games
0: Right. and
1: want to know something else. They both have four gigs of RAM. That's up from three gigs of RAM in the last generation, I believe, Nice. which again, it all just goes to better processing faster things. So I believe this is going to be a much better TV for Apple Arcade. This is going to be just a better overall purchase and it's so much cheaper. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I think this is great. Lower price. I like seeing Apple update the Apple TV more than just every couple of years because before it was like it would get an A8 processor and it wouldn't be touched for like two plus years. So this increase in the frequency of updating Apple TV, I think is great. More storage is great. My this is a first world problem, but I kind of now wonder because I got a new model because I want my nice setup to have the A15 and, you know, have all the stuff. I don't know what to do with my old Apple TVs. I feel like that is one product. Like you're not going to trade it in. Like there's no trade in value. If all your TVs already have an Apple TV on it, what do you do? Paperweight? i don't know I, I i just kind of it's like um
1: stocking a shelf at a grocery store you know you put the newest in, in, in the <laughs> yeah. back and rotate forward so rotate them all down yeah, yeah. so th- the new apple tv i ordered going in the living room then that one from last year is going in my bedroom yes then the one in my bedroom from mo- multiple years ago with the old dive board siri remote yes that'll be a spare generally these just get handed out to family members i have family extended family and it's like here's an apple tv and i'm still waiting for the day for apple to call me and be like dude you can't be signed into like eight apple tvs
0: <laughs> listen that so that that's an interesting thing because i have several apple tvs in the house now mm-hmm. and the one issue i love the apple tv it's actually gonna, there's going to be a new There's actually going to be a new Siri interface with tvOS 16.1. Compact Siri. Compact Siri. It's great. Like there's great updates. I really do. I I really love the Apple TV for all the streaming stuff, the Apple Arcade stuff. Naming an Apple TV. I don't know what the deal is. For some reason, it puts a number after the room name. No matter what, I have tried to remove Apple TVs from my iCloud account. So they're signed in. I will factory reset them. I will try to name it something totally different, but because they're HomeKit products, you have to put them in a room. And so I'll put them in a room in the home app or when you're setting it up, you know, actually on the physical Apple TV, you tell it like what house to put it in, what room is it in? You choose the room. My living room and family room, I cannot get it to not have a number after the Mm -hmm, name. That's odd. And I know that's a little thing, but that's the only thing. And uh, Shane Watley, who has a great HomeKit YouTube channel, actually just hit 100K subscribers. So- Congrats to Shane. But he had the same thing. Like he had a screenshot of his Apple TV remote where he was going to select a TV and it was like living room four and like bedroom six. It's like, I don't know why that does that, but yours don't do that. No, I haven't had that issue. Um,
1: And I, and weirdly enough, I, I buy multiple I've, I've been through many apple tvs um i do name them all quickly so i i never end up with a situation where i have two apple tvs that are just called apple tv right, i'm not sure exactly right. what you could do in that situation i this sounds more like a home kit issue it might be have you named the apple tv inside of the apple tv i did because the 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 general settings i'll
0: look at that i'll try it Maybe, maybe I missed something.
1: That's where I name my Apple TVs. I don't name them in the Apple home app. I name them inside of the settings app on Apple TV and that maybe that might help.
0: Okay. All right. I might try that. All right. We got to talk about iPads. This was the big news this week. We have a new base model iPad. This is the 10th generation iPad. I understand like naming convention wise, like this doesn't need a moniker, but I kind of wish there was a better way to describe it. Like I know before we've had like MacBook and MacBook pro MacBook air, but now we have ipad ninth generation which is still for sale which is the touch id ipad of last year we have the ipad 10th generation the new model which we're going to talk about in a second we have the ipad mini that's number three we have the ipad air number four and then we have the ipad pro which is the 11 inch and i almost could consider the 12.9 inch a slightly different product because you get the XDR mini LED display iPad ultra iPad pro max ultra. So we, it's almost like we have six iPads that when buyers walk into a store, they now have to decide which iPad should I get and which Apple pencil works with which iPad. First of all,
1: <laughs> this doesn't help, but I, I refer to at least when I'm writing um, and in and, and the future going forward, I'll be referring to the new iPad as the 10.9 inch iPad because yes, it shares a screen size with the iPad Air, right? but we call that the iPad Air. And then the previous, True. the ninth generation, we've always called it the 10.2 inch iPad. But again, none of these names roll off the tongue. It's just a good way to differentiate when you're talking about it. So if you hear me say 10.9 inch iPad, that's what I'm talking about is that new colorful uh, guy. That's good. But secondarily, I am so conflicted about this. I've seen for years people say there's not enough variety at Apple. Look at Android, there's 4000 uh, phones you can buy. There's 200 tablets you can buy there and they're all different price ranges from $4 to $4000 and it's like look at all this selection of choice and then as soon as I, Apple comes out with a new SKU it's like oh god, paralyzed, I can't choose what shall I do? And somebody I won't call call out names you can see them in my Twitter, said there are now six different configurations of keyboard that Apple sells for uh, four different sizes of iPad. I'm like, yeah, because they all came out in different years. What are we even yeah. complaining about anymore?
0: I don't think the variety of options is a bad thing inherently.
1: But the configurations are odd. I agree.
0: Configurations are odd. And so let's talk about it. So this new 10th generation iPad, it's a 10.9 inch screen and now closely resembles the iPad Air design. Has the Touch ID button on the top, no Face ID, no headphone jack as well, but it has gone from lightning to USB-C as the connector, which is great. So now most iPads, unless you get the 10.2 one-year-old iPad, all iPads have USB-C, but here's the deal. This new 10.9-inch iPad only supports the first-generation Apple Pencil, despite having the flat side. And because the first generation Apple pencil is lightning, if you want to use that pencil with this new 10.9 inch iPad, you have to get a USB-C to lightning adapter, which Apple includes now in the box if you get a new first generation Apple pencil, but not in the box with the iPad. And that's a little weird. Say the last hardware change significant too, is that the camera has moved to the landscape side of the iPad Which is great because that's a lot of times the configuration you use an iPad in, but it did not change for the iPad Pro, which we'll talk about in a second.
1: Yeah, I did want to comment on the design. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that this is just the iPad Air SE, that they've just taken the casing from an old iPad Air, I, I think the 2020 model, and they just threw... You know, they just rearranged a couple things and that's not how this works. This is a different case. This isn't the iPhone, you know, SE using the iPhone 8 casing because those are identical. This is actually a different case. It's actually a little bit thicker and a little heavier than the iPad Air regardless of which generation you're looking at, either the fourth or the fifth gen model. So this is actually a new case designed specifically for this iPad, even though it looks similar. Um, On top of that, the smart connector is on the bottom of the case, which is a different cutout, so it would require a different case anyway. And that center camera on the, the landscape camera is interesting because that that gets into the issue with the Apple Pencil and we can go into that. But (laughs) like, I I like that they've done this, but it is very much that monkey's paw. Everyone's been begging for a camera on the landscape side of the iPad, just like the MacBook. But I don't think any of us ever considered, because I know I didn't, we never considered what would happen to the accessory compatibility. Because Steven, I didn't know if you know this, there are only four sides on an
0: iPad. (laughs) (laughs) i want to get into the camera stuff when we talk about the ipad pro because that was notably unchanged
1: so i I think they're both sides of the same coin so yeah getting to the apple pencil because of that camera shift there is no magnet on that side to mount an apple pencil too right and so apple's compromise here is to say okay you can use the original apple pencil but jokes on you it uses lightning
0: (laughs) yeah and so here's Here's my deal. This iPad also has gone up in price. It's $449 for the new 10th generation, as opposed to $329 for last year's model, which is still for sale. Apple is still selling that cheaper $329 model.
1: I think that's for education markets.
0: 100% for education, which also, when you look at the Apple Pencil compatibility, if I was an educational institution and I know I'm going to be dealing with a bunch of fifth graders or younger with an iPad and an Apple Pencil, I will not want to deal with a USB-C to lightning adapter for those kids to right. have to charge this Apple Pencil. And so 100% would not choose this one for kids.
1: The 329 iPad, I think, still exists because that's what schools are buying. For Whereas, sure. For sure. And, I, and I went into this into the comparison I did with the iPad Air. The new iPad, I think, is still kind of targeting the education market, but for students, this is what students will go and buy for themselves. Sure. And you know, we can get into that in a second.
0: Yeah. And I, and I just think I have a, a friend who actually works in a school district here in central Florida, and he actually deals with the iPads for the students and they are notably around for a very long time. And so I think to your point, when you think about the education market, I get why that Older one is still for sale for $329. That is the one schools will get. They will get the first generation Apple Pencil. I just do think it's unfortunate that it's going to lengthen the tail that that old style iPad with a lightning connector with the first generation Apple Pencil, it's going to lengthen how long that exists, kind of just like in circulation. So I get that they're both around and to make that hard cut off to say, now everything's USB-C and all those pencils are obsolete. Like I get it, but it's just a little weird. I will say the Logitech Crayon, which is a great alternative to the Apple Pencil. I actually got one of my sons that Logitech Crayon. He actually prefers it, just the shape and how you hold it. Logitech updated their crayon to use USB-C. So if you did want to get one of these new 10.9 inch iPads, and that's a good way to say it. I'm glad you said that, the new 10.9 inch iPad. If you want to get it with some kind of writing device, I would look at that Logitech Crayon with USB-C to deal with an adapter.
1: I think that's the best choice overall for especially this iPad and I think education markets in general because they have a really cool technology I wish Apple would implement in all of their stylus where it uses a radio frequency unique to the iPads to automatically pair based on proximity. So you can have two iPads within a few feet of each other and draw on one iPad with the crayon and move over to the next iPad and start drawing on it as well with no pairing Necessary whatsoever. Right. Yeah, it's just really smart. It has an on off switch. The only difference is because it is using actual Apple Pencil technology. This is an Apple partnered product. So, right. This is Apple Pencil tech, but does not sense pressure. It only senses tilt angle. And that's the only difference from the Apple Pencil one, as far as I know.
0: Right. I will say this new iPad looks good. The colors they chose look really nice. There's a nice blue, a nice reddish pink, a yellow, and then the silver. So cool colors. There's a new Magic Keyboard Folio for iPad. Yeah, and this is just for the 10.9-inch, the new iPad. It is not compatible with the Magic Keyboard that the iPad Air and iPad Pro use. So you cannot use the Magic Keyboard with this new base model. You have to get this.
1: It's the, it's the smart connector positioning that's uh, got us here.
0: Different smart connect.
1: Funny enough, the uh, iPad still uses magnets to attach to these things. So it has the same magnet arrangement. Right. So I'm assuming uh, magnetic stands like the ones I use for my iPads would still work for this mm. if it was made for the 11 inch iPad. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, the smart connector position is, or the only difference, I guess. I was going to say, I really, I really like this, this keyboard. It looks cool.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, so the Magic Keyboard Folio, it's a different design. This is more in the realm of like the Surface Book kickstand, where there's an actual kickstand that goes behind the iPad. You can lean the iPad back. You have the keyboard with trackpad in front, and you can detach the iPad and keep kind of that kickstand part attached to the back of the iPad, but just remove it from the keyboard to use that as a tablet. I really like that feature and I actually have used a Surface with one of these kind of kickstands for a little while just to try it out. I like the design overall. It is not as lappable, if you'll allow that word. This, this is a tabletop. <laughs> this is a tabletop computer. 100%. Yeah. And it is cumbersome. Like You can try to use it on your lap, but it's really made for a tabletop. But I like the the fact that you can detach it. There's kind of more options for tilt because it's more of like an infinite tilting than, which I mean, the Magic Keyboard is too, but you, you don't have as much, I think, freedom and tilt in the Magic Keyboard as you will with this.
1: This keyboard's interesting because I think it kind of reinforces some ideas here. And uh, again, I get into this in the comparison because I really, uh, I think I went like 2000 characters or 2000 words <laughs> into a comparison with an iPad Air because I really wanted to understand what Apple was doing with this um, new iPad. And this keyboard i think emphasizes the fact that this is not an ipad pro this is not a laptop mm. convertible because that's where the word laptop comes from it sits in your lap you use it right. you know that in that form factor you open the lid it's now a keyboard in front of you with a screen right that's then that's what the ipad air ipad pro lines offer with the magic keyboard whereas this one is very much just by the way here's a keyboard more or less you can even just take away the keyboard and use it just as the tablet with the case on the back with that kickstand and i think they've even gone so far as to de-emphasize the proness of it in several factors here artists will not buy this ipad let me put it that way Right. it is the right. sRGB range it does not have the p3 color gamut it does not have a laminated display and right. it has very weird apple pencil support so it's Right. You are not buying this if you are an artist. I would assume that that is Apple's idea is, hey, here's an iPad that looks like a modern iPad, but you get to save $150. You still get all of iPad OS. You can still get a keyboard and trackpad made by us that fits as a case. Great for education, taking notes. You know, if you're a kid in school, you can use this all the way into high school and be fine. But, This is not a laptop replacement technique from our point of view. This is not an artistic tool. It is very much the quote unquote entry model, whereas the older one is the budget model now. And that's that's my conceptualizing of Apple's targeting for this device is you're not buying this if you're an artist. And yes, if you really want a stylus, if you really want to doodle or do adult coloring books or something, you have an option, but it's not. A great option,
0: and on the Smart Folio keyboard, it's two hundred and fifty dollars, which is cheaper than the Magic keyboard. But you also get function keys, which That's I think cool. is a unique. Uh, I wish the Magic keyboard had function keys. You get an escape key and an escape key. You get like the Siri button. You get do not disturb. You get media play pause brightness control. All right there on this new keyboard made for the base model iPad. I kind of wish they had released a new model of the Magic Keyboard to also take advantage of it, but I think it's going to be, it can't be much wider than like the Magic Keyboard. So I'm i am not sure why they didn't have those function rows, but... If there was a function row
1: on the Magic Keyboard, it would be covered by the bottom uh, lip of the iPad. Because it's floating.
0: That's right. That's right. So I think the biggest challenge with this new iPad is when you compare it to iPad Air. This episode is brought to you by Beard Club. If you weren't aware, I'm a bearded man. I like having a beard, but sometimes getting it trimmed just the way I like it could be a challenge. I wasn't always confident with guards and I didn't want to make a mistake because if you cut a chunk out of your beard, it's kind of over. You kind of have to start from scratch all over again. But finally, I can be confident in my grooming routine and the tools I use to trim it with Beard Club, whether it's beard growth oils, styling products, or a top of the line trimmer. And I love the Beard Club trimmer There's a small army of products to grow your best beard, and Beard Club is here to help. As the leader in beard first men's growth and grooming, Beard Club delivers quality hardware and consumables that'll help you get a better, thicker, and fuller looking beard. I got Beard Club's trimmer package, and I love the trimmer. It wirelessly charges on a base, it's significant in the hand, easy to hold. It even has multiple guard levels built into the trimmer. You can just twist it and rotate it, and it changes the guard level. Plus, they give you a ton of different size guards to put. On top of that, there's like 45 combinations of lengths of guard you can use with that trimmer package. I found the perfect combination so I can like go down my beard and trim it perfectly, not worry about cutting off too much. It's so good. And I also love the beard shampoo. I've never used beard shampoo before, but using it in the shower and then combing and grooming afterward, it gets a lot of that kind of wiriness and it smooths out all those troublesome spots. So head to beardclub.com slash appleinsider, take the beard quiz. And then use our promo code Insider, all one word, at checkout. They'll recommend the best beard kit tailored to fit your needs. Beard Club has the perfect kit to fit your needs, and over 2 million beards have been served by Beard Club. So grow your best beard today. Take 20% off your first order when you go to beardclub.com slash appleinsider. Use the promo code Insider, all one word. That's beardclub.com slash appleinsider. Promo code APPLEINSIDER for 20% off your first order. Get 20% off with that promo code APPLEINSIDER when you go to BeardClub.com slash APPLEINSIDER. Our thanks to Beard Club for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. You don't know, we recently moved into a new house a few months ago, and one of the things I wanted to do was have some nice foliage around the house, and that includes shrubs and trees. But shopping for any kind of plant can be a pain in the neck. You go to the hardware store, you got to put all these plants in your car or your truck, everything gets dirty. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Get those plants shipped right to your house with fastgrowingtrees.com. The experts at fast-growing trees curate thousands of plants so you can find the perfect fit for your specific climate, location, and needs. You don't have to drive around to those nurseries or big gardening centers. Fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online and plants are shipped to your door in just one to two days. So whether you're looking to add some privacy, shade, or natural beauty to your yard, fast-growing trees as in-house experts ready to help you make the right selection and growing care advice available 24-7. I've gotten several trees and shrubs. I got a Carolina Reaper plant, which was really fun. Planted that, Carolina Reaper pepper, we took that off, cut it up, put it in some fajitas. That was a lot of fun. And we also got some persimmon trees that we could put around the house. Beautiful, so easy, and you know how to take care of them because they give you all the information you need. Plus, with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, you can trust everything will be healthy for years to come. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Apple Insider, and you'll get 15% off your entire order now through October 31st. So head there quickly, get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Apple Insider. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Fast Growing Trees for sponsoring this episode. So if you were going to buy an iPad today, which you if you're buying something new, nothing refurbished or used, and you're looking at the new 2022 iPad, $449, $450, compared to the iPad Air, the M1, the newest model there, you're looking at a $150 difference. That iPad Air is $600 compared to 450. What are you getting for that extra money? You get a better display, you get that P3 color gamut, plus the laminated screen on the iPad Air, same screen size, but you also get the ability to use the Magic Keyboard if you have or want one of those, and the second-generation Apple Pencil. Both have USB-C, same wireless connectivity, both have Touch ID. So the question is, if you're going to buy an iPad, whether you're a student, you're buying it for your student, going off to college or whatever, which do you choose? And for me, when I look at these two iPads, that $150 really feels like you should upgrade to the M1 iPad Air, if only for the second generation Apple Pencil support to not have to deal with weird adapters, you can charge the pencil on the iPad Air, just stick it right on there magnetically, you get the better display. But I really feel like the Apple Pencil is the thing and I, I would not want to deal with a first generation Apple Pencil. I guess if the Apple Pencil is not something that you or whoever you're buying worth cares about, just never wants to use it, which I feel like that would be not, even if you don't think you're going to use it, I feel like that's not a good like purchase decision to say, nah, I'm never going to use the Apple pencil for anything. And then you get this right. and you wish, and you find a use case for it, like editing podcasts on iPad or drawing or doing video editing. Cause DaVinci resolve is coming to iPad, like whatever it is. But I feel like that $150, it's just this weird gap for a significantly better experience with Apple pencil. I don't know. What do you think?
1: All right. So that's, that's from your point of view, honestly, because you gotta, you gotta think about it. this is Apple's pricing ladder at work. And that ladder has existed in its product since yes. pretty much since Tim Cook took over. He's really famous for this. I look at iPhones, look at Macs. If you're the customer like you say per se and you have you got maybe $500 in your pocket. You're thinking I need an iPad for my kid to go to school and you see that $450 iPad and you're like eh, only $100 more uh, than what I have in my pocket. I could save a little bit more. I could scrams a little bit more and get that nicer one. Great. But that's not everyone's situation. There's a lot of people coming in with $400 in their pocket saying, I don't want that older iPad. And that newer one looks, it's newer, it's better. It has that newer design. And I want a good iPad for my kid to take to school. We'll go ahead and get that one. That's Everyone's writing a line somewhere. And they're going to make a decision based on features. And that's what Apple's counting on. Right. Are you, are you going to upgrade for storage? Or are you going to jump to the next level? It was pretty much almost always... The case because once you add the extra storage you're popping the price up another hundred dollars which puts you within shouting distance of the next gener next tier of ipad and that's true for every single model mm. i think this one just sits perfectly in the in the middle of that uh, well at the bottom of the base of that ladder basically between <laughs> bare minimum spending we're going on amazon and spending 250 on the last generation model because it's on sale or we're going to get the newer one. We don't want the kid to get made fun of because they have the home button. Mm. Let's get the one without, with a full screen, but man, I cannot afford $600, right? Like that's where that sits that. And that's clever. Like people are going to buy this tablet regardless of the weird Apple pencil situation. And the other side of this too, is remember that's just charging, right? You pair it one time, you, you plug in the, the cable to the adapter and then you plug in the pencil, ta da, the pencil's paired for, for until you pair it to a different iPad or something. You need to repair it. Then, any sensible person, uh, especially if you're dealing with a kid, would just take that cable, plug it into a five watt charger somewhere in a wall. And when that pencil needs charge, bam, you have a dedicated charger plugged in somewhere for it. Yeah. The end or if you know, a travel charger, if you need it, these things are only $9 for the adapter. That's the situation. And the the pencil lasts hours and hours before you need to charge it anyway. So I I just it's yeah, it's annoying. It's inconvenient, but it is not (laughs) as terrible You know, because, yes, we are spoiled. We have magnets at the top of our iPad Pros that we just slap a pencil on and uh, literally frying the battery into oblivion because it's charging for the last three years and we haven't touched it, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, although... I will say we are not spoiled in our camera placement, which this new 10.9 inch has the right landscape camera placement. But we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So, I, and it's so weird because if you want to upgrade the storage on this new base model iPad, if you want to get the 256 gigabyte version, it jumps up to 599 exactly, which is literally the price of the M1 iPad Air. And like you said, Apple with the tiered approach. Yeah, Tim Cook's laughing behind his desk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is he is laughing. But I will I will say like to the who should buy it my 10 year old son if he did not have an ipad at all and i was looking at the landscape of ipads you know you can look at the refurbished models and i think those are good options but i would i would honestly probably get him this base model one for 450 and not upgrade the storage save the 150 bucks and he actually likes the logitech crown so i would get him that like I would do that.
1: There's people that would absolutely buy this. Exa- that, yeah, exactly that reasoning. Like, this this works. It's weird, but it works.
0: And it's nice. And, like, he might prefer the case, like the Smartfolio Magic, whatever that is. <laughs> like, the new case. He might prefer that style where you can- And Logitech sells that
1: that exact, like, keyboard thing. Logitech yeah, has yeah, sold yeah. for a while for other iPads, and I think this one as well. Um, so it's just funny that Apple's miming that. And yeah, you, you'll get the better trackpad with the Apple one. But again, you don't have to spend that 200 some dollars. There are other options out there for keyboard trackpad combos as well. And uh, I wanted, before we move on iPad Pro, because I know that's the next yeah. sentence you're going to say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to tease my uh, my next <laughs> co- comment here a little bit because okay. it applies to this iPad as well. I want you guys to consider supply chains for a moment. All right? Go into the mind of Ming-Chi Kuo and... Understand that this Apple Pencil, this iPad, this iPad Pro exists at this moment because of what the supply chains allowed. And this compromised Apple Pencil situation might be the result of timing of releases. And maybe, just maybe, there's a mm-hmm. another Apple Pencil coming later that won't be so awkward. That's but fair. Go ahead on the iPad Pro.
0: I do I do I don't know if you'll be able to tell us in editing, but I think more than other episodes, Wes and I are like Talking over each other because we're both very excited about iPads. I know I I really I really (laughs) like iPads. The last thing I want to say too is I've seen some comments on Twitter saying Apple should just get rid of either the iPad Air or this new iPad. Like both of them don't belong in the lineup. And there are times in Apple's product progression where there are these awkward moments that one product is very very close to another, and you can kind of see. Where the future is going, and just right now, it has to sell both of these products, even though they're weirdly close. You know, maybe it's the 13 inch Escape MacBook Pro that's, you know, only appeals to a very niche audience and doesn't make much sense at the time. But then you see, like, oh, maybe it's an M1, M2, whatever. Like, there are probably reasons that these both exist. I don't think they will both exist in this way four years from now. Like, there will probably be a confluence. Like, at one point, there was like iPad Air, and like that was it. Like, it was just iPad Air.
1: iPad Air used to be, well, iPad Air used to be the premium model. iPad Air used to be
0: the premium model. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, I remember I had an iPad Air 2, which was like one of the first really, really good iPads. Like, it was fast, had great connectivity, like, it was just really good. And so there were times where, yeah, like you said, Air was the top of the line model.
1: Need I remind you of the iPad 3 and iPad oh, 4? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Listen, I had an iPad 3. It was the first iPad with a retina screen. And because of that, the processor really struggled to drive that retina screen with all those pixels. And that thing was slow. And it also had the 30-pin charger right? where the iPad 4, I think it was less than a year. I think it was
1: like eight oh, or was, 10 months. Yeah. It was not even that <laughs> not, long. I think it was like not six even. months. Yeah.
0: It might've been six months that the iPad four came out, switched to lightning, better processor, was a vastly better product. The new iPad, the new. Oh, that's right. That was the first time I think, yeah, it was like the new iPad. Yeah. So I, I do think, I'd be curious what you think. Do you think both of these products, I think four years from now, these will converge and there will either be iPad, iPad pro. Or iPad Air, iPad Pro. I don't think these will both exist four years from now.
1: No, I think that's totally wrong. But that's what I said earlier.
0: What What do you think? Then? Well,
1: I, I believe that this, this is the Apple Watch SE situation. We got a weird guy dangling off the bottom that shouldn't be there. It's going to get cut off soon. Sure. You know, that's for legacy reasons, for pricing reasons, just like the Apple Watch Series 3. That could be dead in a year the current iPad the 10.9 inch iPad that will probably drop in price to at least 399. I don't say I don't think we're going to see at 329 anytime soon if ever again just cuz the technology is getting more expensive blah 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 uh, inflation. But this device is absolutely going to be the entry budget model and right. I think there's always going to be space in the middle for Mm. a not pro that's not $800 that has a better chipset that has a better display the apple pencil situation will get resolved again i'm gonna run my mouth off on that here in a second but i think that these all have a place in the lineup which is signified by apple's very effective ladder pricing strategy so Mm. i think these will both exist they just won't be so Oddly close. I think we have this discussion every time an iPad Air, because it, <laughs> it is true. such an odd. Yeah, it's an odd place. Yeah, is it a? It's not an 11 inch iPad Pro. It doesn't have promotion, but it's also not this new uh base model. It's something in between, and that bothers people for some reason. But believe me, yeah. there are people out there who don't want to spend six hundred dollars, who also don't want the cheapest model they can buy. They want that middle guy, and it's the iPad Air, and it's definitely going to stick around. I think.
0: Well, four years from now. We'll either talk on this show or tweet at each other. We'll see. See see if they're both still around. But Twitter still exists. We'll see. Right, right. Oh man. I I hope so. (laughs) I like Twitter like it is. All right. So iPad Pro was also announced. They've upgraded to M2 and added some interesting features. But when you look at the comparison chart, like on our website, to compare the M1 iPad Pros to the M2 iPad Pros, very, very similar. M2 is more powerful, faster, all of that. The 11 inch did not get the mini LED XDR display, which is unfortunate. I think there are a lot of people out there. I've had a lot of people ask me on Twitter, I don't have an iPad, which should I get? I want to get an iPad Pro. It's a tough decision. I mean, the mini LED is beautiful. I love that on my 12.9 inch iPad Pro. But when it comes to size, if you're going to have one size iPad, I do really like the 11 inch for the portability. And it's still a beautiful screen. Don't get me wrong. It's still liquid retina. You still get promotion, wide color. I mean, oh, yeah. you're not going to miss the XDR screen if you have not looked at it every day for hours. I
1: think like you said, it's a different product. It's, yeah. you know, the iPad pro, the 12.9-inch iPad Pro is distinct in its own ways. And again, maybe someone doesn't want a 13-inch display, but they want promotion. So there's that 11-inch model.
0: Yeah. You do get a better video. You actually get Dolby Vision video that you can record on your iPad. They showed, there's like a video on YouTube where Apple kind of made an event video like it's only 10 minutes or so, or 15 minutes 10 and they minutes, kind of yeah. Uh, yeah, 10 minutes they talk all the products and it's like that was the event video like they just <laughs> did not call it an event
1: i liked the ipad grip that he was using to film yeah super fancy yeah very like in 4k and apple said you know we understand that iphone records and pro res and has a terabyte of data that you can fill up in five seconds with this and it takes four years to get it off of your phone because we have usb 2.0 speeds but we solved it just record it on your two terabyte ipad pro the size of your head there you go that's it
0: there it is there it is so those are like hardware differences the camera did not move we could talk about that in a second also wi-fi 6e this is i think apple's first device to support wi-fi 6e it's a newer standard but oddly, one of the features of Wi-Fi 6E as a standard is the 6 gigahertz frequency, which would provide faster data transfer. And the new iPad Pro does not support the 6 gigahertz. If you look in the footnotes on the page, it's, it still only does the 2.4 and 5.0 gigahertz bands. So interesting that it's Wi-Fi 6E, but not 6 gigahertz. And for that reason, I'm not going to upend my entire Wi-Fi network and update to 6E just yet. Maybe when the next iPhones come out with 6E, that would be interesting. But Other than that, it got this feature called Apple Pencil Hover. It's still using the second generation Apple Pencil, the same Apple Pencil, same Magic Keyboard you've used before if you have one. But the hover feature now is where you can actually put the Apple Pencil above the screen, not touching it. It's just hovering. And the M2 iPad Pro, this is just for the new one, it will sense that hovering. And actually you get really cool new features that way. They show Procreate and other drawing apps where you can hover the pencil And then like pinch to zoom with your other hand to choose how thick or thin you want the next line to be. Or you can preview a change to your piece of artwork before actually putting the pencil on the screen and making the change specifically. So this hover feature is going to be really cool. Third-party developers are going to have to support it. I contacted Ferrite developer Canis uh, by Wooji Juice. They make the, Ferrite is the podcast editing app I edit Every podcast I do with Ferrite, I edit this show with it. I love using the Apple Pencil on iPad with Ferrite. He is not sure how it's going to interact. He said Ferrite already supports some hover states, but not sure how it will use this new feature. And so I'll be testing that on day one because a spoiler, I did order one. It's coming Wednesday. (laughs) So I'll test the hover feature. But the other notable change or notable unchange is the camera still in the same place. And it didn't move to the landscape side. Most likely because that's where the Apple Pencil charges and there needs to be magnets right there in that exact spot, but I still want the camera there.
1: First of all, the hover thing's cool. I would never use it. I use my Apple Pencil, but definitely not as much as I should considering how it's $120. It's useful. That feature is just going to pass me by. I wonder how they came up with it, though. It, you know, it, electromagnetic displacement on a on the display, it's always been a thing. Like, uh, walk up to a CRT on a carpet and touch it, you're going to get a little static shock, right? Same idea, just magnified much smaller because these are shielded devices. But there will always be some EMF uh, escaping from the screen. And using that to communicate with the pencil is really smart. I like how they, they did that. Yeah. Like, again, just one of those, you know, it's always been there, but it's fun that they're implementing it. And yeah people are complaining it's like oh but why not the other iPad well because there's probably some s- silly sensor somewhere in there right. making this decision it's always going to be hardware related don't i mean apple does want their money but it's not always that nefarious guys calm down the camera situation i agree uh i'm i wouldn't mind a landscape camera and Honestly, even if it was in this iPad, I still wouldn't be getting it. I'm not ordering this uh, year just because the gains in the M2 was I'm not going to type any faster. Um, I'm not doing any <laughs> you know, hardware accelerated style editing or anything like that. If there was a feature in this iPad that changed how I worked or changed the display technology, just affected what I saw or did every day, that would be different. But this is very much a Apple Pencil user video editor graphics intensive update and i just don't need it m1 is so good and again yeah. if there was some exclusive feature with stage manager which maybe could come later i don't know yeah. but now as of right now even stage manager is untouched and external display support is untouched still four apps on the display still four externally so yeah i did not see any reason to go spend two thousand dollars on this ipad sell my old one go through the whole hoopla just to have basically the same experience i already have
0: I agree. This is not worth an upgrade. Most likely if you have an M1 and you're just getting the M2 chip. It's performance-wise, it's going to be very comparable. Still use the same Magic Keyboard, still the Apple Pencil. I kind of have a side reason, which is my wife has been using like a six-year-old iPad Pro, a five-year-old iPad Pro. And so I'm going to give her my M1 and I'll use the M2. That's smart. And I had you in my ear, Wes, as I was ordering this thing. I think it's you that have said this, but I got it with cellular. Nice. Because I've not had a cellular iPad for a long time. And I've had several situations now that, you know, we're all kind of traveling more. I'm driving my kids to practices. I do the hotspot, but sometimes it's like, I can't activate the hotspot right now. Or I got to take my phone out. And, you know, again, there's all first world problems. But because I haven't done it in a while, I wanted to say, let me try it. Let me try a cellular built in. I also got the silver because I regretted not getting the silver with my M1. And with the white magic keyboard case, I, I see it. And it looks really good, so I just got the silver. So anyway, that's why I got it. And also, I'm hoping the Apple Pencil Hover maybe offers something in podcast editing, but overall, just more of those reasons.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good buy for you. I mean, uh, if I had someone who would inherit this one or if I already had a buyer, it'd be a little bit more tempting, but trying to overturn a yeah. iPad for, I would probably sell for $1,600. It's, it's time consuming and it's just not something I want to put the effort into because sure. Yeah. My overhead would be 400 bucks for the new iPad. Yeah, New technology. But again, just not enough there for me to put forth the effort. And I have some theories, but, uh, <laughs>
0: The, the only thing is I will say, but the trade-in value for my M1, 12.9-inch M1 iPad Pro with a terabyte of storage, which was, I think, what, seventeen eighteen hundred dollars dollars when that came out. Right. The trade-in value was $500. Like, yeah, Apple was going to give never. me $500 for it. And that's why I was like, <laughs> this is would be much more worth it if I gave this to someone who I wanted to buy an iPad for because $500 is, like, the price of the new base model iPad. <laughs> and I was like, for $500... 100% I would buy this iPad for someone else. So that's why I'm keeping it, Not, I didn't do the trading. And the only other thing I wanted to mention about iPad Pro in general, well, Apple stated this in the press release and DaVinci then came out and announced it, but DaVinci Resolve, which is a powerful video editor on the desktop, I know several video producers that use it, you'll be able to use DaVinci Resolve on iPad and you'll now have LumaFusion and DaVinci Resolve, plus, you know, Premiere Rush is also on iPad. You can use that for video editing. But this is a very much professional video application for iPad, and notably, no mention of Final Cut. And I think running an M2 processor now, with all the Apple Pencil hover features, they're showing it off in third-party apps like Procreate, man, it would have been a prime opportunity to announce Final Cut on iPad. And I, and I, I really hope it comes one day. I just... I don't know. It was disappointing to not see it in this one.
1: Yeah, DaVinci Resolve is interesting. Um, I wonder how it'll compare to LumaFusion because yes, I understand DaVinci Resolve is the uh, more premier uh, fancy video editing option on desktop, but Again, this is going to be a different app with the DaVinci Resolve name on it. I don't know that this is actually DaVinci Resolve. They're not ta- bringing that code base over. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it compares. And I also understand that there's only like two primary features coming with this version. It's not the full um, experience. So we'll, I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what video editors have to say about it. Yeah. Moving on, the iPad Pro, it was a little bit of an odd year. This, this feels very much like the iPad 3 again um, or other similar ipad upgrades it's mostly just a processor bump uh, forgetting everything else nothing really changed here it's just the m2 processor and that's kind of what we expected going in and i'm, I'm actually happy about that it does make my financial decisions a little easier
0: <laughs> right right that's
1: always a boon i'm never i'm never happy about that right i want the new fancy toys but it's also kind of a sigh of relief like oh good but yeah you don't feel like you're missing out too Right. Much. right right so anyway I also have a little bit of conspiracy theory. If We have some time here at the very end of our podcast. Sure, sure. So my thoughts here is basically you look at the weirdness uh, of this lineup of the, the 10.9 inch iPad, the Apple Pencil situation, and the very minimal updates to the iPad Pro. And it makes you wonder, all right, so what's next in the lineup? Where's the next iPad update? Sure, we could probably see an iPad Air 6 sometime next year. This kind of clears the slate for Apple for a while. They could literally go another year plus without another iPad update um, and oh, be sure. fine. But I do wonder if they rumored, maybe, is it even rumored? I don't. Maybe we made it up and we've just li- been living <laughs> on a dream. But uh <laughs> A fifteen-inch iPad, oh, Studio
0: iPad Studio. The the
1: larger (laughs) iPad could be coming. The iPad Studio, I've I've monikered, or iPad Ultra, whatever you want to call it. But that's true. This newer premium iPad would have a larger display, probably a modified design because this is a bigger guy. You might want to carry it, but it's not really going to be meant for handheld uh, situations. Right, right. So, but this would probably be a new premium device and with that would come a new keyboard right. probably a new, like a new magic keyboard and that would have the new function row and the larger trackpad that's when all of that would happen and then those accessories could trickle down to the existing iPad lineup a new Apple Pencil could be released alongside of it and that is true this is the tricky part because I, I've just been in my head about this all week. You've, I'm sure you've seen me tweeting about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The Apple Pencil situation is very strange. We I, Apple's painted themselves into a corner is what I basically yeah. got it down to. You have four sides on an iPad. There's <laughs> yeah. one side has to be completely empty because that is where folios attach. Right. Uh, unless Apple just wants to get rid of folios, which they're not. One side is a set of speakers and a charger. You can't put anything else there. It's already full. Right. The other side is a set of, is a set of speakers, right? And the power button, and then finally you have the volume buttons and an expansive space, and then a SIM card, right? On the iPad Pro, that empty space is an Apple Pencil magnetic charger, right? On the 10.9 inch iPad, it is the new landscape camera, right? You can only do one or the other. And that Apple Pencil charger can't go anywhere else on the iPad. As I've said, there's just no space unless you cover up speaker holes in the top of the iPad, which is not ideal and Apple's not going to do that. Yeah. So what's the solution? I think it was cool to have a magnetically attachable Apple Pencil, but maybe that goes away. I think I think maybe a third generation Apple Pencil, maybe they even consider it a different product and it's the apple pencil pro or something and it's a little bit larger thicker easier to hold and probably charges over USB-C. and in my dream universe here it would also include the auto pairing technology of the crayon which will let you use it on more than one ipad without pairing so mm. that's those are my thoughts on that situation and if that exists which it may, who knows, if something along those lines, even just some kind of new Apple Pencil, that would explain the weirdness of this iPad. And going forward, if you want the full Apple Pencil experience without any of the weird dongles, you get the newer Apple Pencil.
0: Yes, I get it. And I've been doing like imaginary experiments where I take my Apple Pencil and 12.9 inch iPad. I'm like, okay, how much of the speaker hole does it cover? On one side, and all of them, <laughs> it does cover a lot and it kind of obscures the, the sleep button. So, I get that. On the long side, that you're saying, I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm no, I am not a hardware engineer nor designer, but I mean, this is Apple. I feel like they have been able to overcome many challenges hardware wise, and this is not a lot of space. I totally get it. Like, there's, there's not a lot of space in this iPad to do stuff, but I wonder if they could just maybe let go of the symmetrical visual of the apple pencil charging right in the middle of the ipad and at least on the 12.9 inch which again they have to make it work for the 11 inch too they're not going to do two different this
1: would only work on the larger ipad it
0: would only work on the large one but like to move the sim card tray way up by the volume buttons charge the apple pencil farther down the side and then fit in the landscape camera or something because i looked at the iFixit teardown of the m1 ipad pro and i'd be curious when they do the teardown of the m2 what it looks like but When you look at the magnets that charge the Apple pencil, like, yes, they are there. They need to be there to hold the pencil and to charge it, but it's not like three or four inches of magnets. You know, we're not dealing with a long expanse.
1: It's a little, it's a small magnet and they, I think they have, I believe underneath the case, I haven't checked, but there are magnets that keep it in place to keep it from rotating uh, off the center. So those are there too. And that would still interfere with the camera. I get what you're saying. I think The solution is, though, is it just can't go there. Now, there is another option, and I don't know how you feel about this, but the back of the iPad is huge on pretty much every model. (laughs) Yeah. Could easily have a mounting situation where the Apple Pencil sticks to the back of the iPad. Again, I don't see Apple doing that because it's not ideal, it's not pretty, um, and it changes the shape of the iPad, right? In a case or yeah. in, a, in, a, in a bag. So I don't see that working either. Again, I just think the most elegant solution is, well, sorry guys, the, the magnet's gone. Cause I get it. It's cool having it snapped to the iPad, but has that really been useful other than the charging? Because storage, it is not. When you put it in a bag, it just falls off.
0: It'll fall off. Yeah. When, you,
1: when you carry it around, it just, you know, you look under your, you st- stick your iPad under your arm and you walk across the room. Oh, the Apple pencil's back on the carpet. Cause I pushed it off when I, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's yeah. cool, but not useful.
0: I get, I get that. I do feel like, as you mentioned, maybe Apple could do something on the back or if they redesign the magic keyboard to accommodate it being right. on the bottom. Because, like you said, a lot of that's the other. Yeah, a lot of cases they that would not work, because a lot of third-party cases attach to that bottom edge opposite the volume buttons, and the magic keyboard does not, and it would work, you know, in an open configuration even right now, the Apple pencil could be underneath, wouldn't obstruct anything. It's just closing it would cause the issue of where does the pencil go then as you close it. But if Apple does a redesigned one, maybe make it slightly taller and then put that function row keys in there. And then the Apple pencil just kind of tucks away a, that would solve the storage issue because it'd be more secure in there. So if you throw it in a bag, the pencil doesn't just fly off.
1: Have you seen the surface, uh, how it hides the pencil in a little cavity?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's a good idea, but alternatively that like you got to imagine right now you can get the pencil and use it with the iPad. That's fine. But requiring it to have the keyboard complicates the situation when the keyboard isn't paired with the iPad. You're out $500 just to get a stylus at that point.
0: Well, but I also think, I think third parties will jump to make new cases that accommodate whatever placement Apple chooses. Right. And so I I will err on the side of, I mean, I think you're saying magnetic wireless charging goes away. It becomes port related. I'm going to say Apple chooses a new placement. Maybe it's on the back, but maybe more so on a the bottom edge and designs a new magic keyboard to accommodate it. it so again, uh, we'll I see. I think
1: long story short. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. We'll see. It's it's, it's fun to speculate, but um, at the end of the day, Apple's got the reins here and uh, I'm just, you know, everyone calm down a little bit. This iPad, you're not being forced to buy it. And the people who are buying it probably never opened, owned an iPad before, because if you did, you're probably not buying this one. So
0: we did have a rumor about macOS on iPad from Majin Boo. We don't have time to get into all of that, but I I still don't think so. It's not happening. Not, not, yeah, not happening. I do want to mention this last thing. There's a company called humane. It's a startup. They've been very mysterious about what they're doing. One of the co-founders is Ken Casienda, who was responsible for Safari on the Mac, but also creating the virtual keyboard on the original iPhone. He wrote the book creative selection. I read it. It's an incredible book. And so he worked for Apple for a very long time, very influential kind of in the tech community, He is here at this Humane company. They have not said what they're doing forever. And just recently, one of the people that work there, I think they are the other co-founder and chairman of Humane, Imran Chaduri. I'm not sure how to pronounce the exact name, so forgive me for that. But he just tweeted, I'm going to read this verbatim. The rumors are true. The smartphone is dead. And coming next year from Humane, the world's first device built from the ground up for AI. Artificial intelligence.
1: The smartphone is dead. Long live the smartphone.
0: I'm like, if this new device, I imagine is going to look suspiciously like a smartphone that you're claiming is dead. So like, A, that's weird. B, when you think about the iPhone, the iPhone wasn't saying the smartphone is dead. The iPhone just made the best version of smartphone that there could be. And so uh, this feels like a weird premise and a we- like a weird way to announce that you're making a hardware product. I'm very curious what they're doing. Also with all the AI generated art and that weird, like what does AI think human evolution looks like? If you guys haven't seen that video on Twitter, it's wild. Uh, I don't know if I want my handheld device being run by AI, but okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you.
1: Like I, I, I also believe AI is, um, stupid so uh we can you know we can get into all that some other time the other podcast that we don't have uh time to do a
0: bonus episode on ai that's what Uh, we should do good
1: lord it's it's ai is people you know um it's it's, it's throwing pictures at at a computer soylent Soylent green just wanted to comment on this yes go to their website it's wow is it uh what what's the word um there's a lot of hubris i think there we go yeah Uh, (laughs) it's (laughs) just Um, They're playing a Kanye West song over a video of a woman running through a crowd of zombies uh, playing on their smartphones, staring at the moon. And I, it's just, what are you, this feels like a Nike commercial from the nineties. It's just bad. Like, calm down guys. You're making a tablet smartphone. It's a touchscreen. And if it's not, no one's going to buy it. Um, I'm with John Gruber here. Smartphones until Somehow AR gets implanted in our brain, and we just have all of our information continuously forever in front of our eyeballs. Smartphones aren't going anywhere. It's not going to change.
0: Yeah, and apparently, I'm sorry, King Cusin is not one of the founders, but he's on the team at Humane. I'm not exactly sure what his. I mean, being a software designer and designing the and designing the iPhone keyboard, I imagine he'll do something in that regard. But they have a you know fairly large team of developers. I mean, yeah, I'll be curious what they do, but it's kind of funny. I don't know, man. A little silly.
1: Very uh, the nothing phone all over again.
0: Ah, uh, yes. All right. Well, listeners, let us know what you thought about all the iPads, iPad Pro, base model, iPad, Apple TV. And, uh, you know, if you want an AI generated smartphone, you can tweet at Wes and myself. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. You can support the show at patreon.com slash Apple Insider or directly in Apple Podcasts. Get an ad free version and early access to the show and a five star rating will get you a shout out at the top of the show next week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.